Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Whalen will take. Three seconds. No seconds. That's it. Title number four for the Minnesota Reeves Dynasty. Comes with the taste of sweet redemption. All right, we are joined by Lindsay now. So what's up? I mean, it's just a slow Monday, 10 o'clock. Uh, you're probably l- lounging around. Uh, is, is there m- much going on today, Waylon? You know, I just poured my uh, coffee. Um, so, yeah, having a little coffee and just kind of <laughs> hanging out. Not a whole lot's going on. How you guys? We're good. All right. Tell us about this now. It does. I don't think it comes as a shock, uh, but... But the Star Tribune reported this morning that you are going to retire uh, as a player after this year. Uh, when did you decide this? How difficult was it? And and how, how much, too, did just trying to to be a college basketball coach and play factor into this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I, I, like, I, like you said, I, it probably is not, like, shocking to a, a lot of people. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think that, after last year, um, just winning the fourth and, and everything at, at times it was, um, you know, it was just different getting ready for the season and, and everything. And that was before I took the Gophers, um, coaching job. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, like a different off season. And, and I had, it was like the first time that, um, you know, I was like, I would be kind of, I was kind of okay with where my career was and, and what we developed, what we'd done. And, and so, um, you know, ultimately, though, um, being a part of a great franchise and having great teammates and great coaches, I was like, let me let me give it one more year and just see. Uh, that was kind of my mentality going into the season and see and see what happens and see what we can do. And um, so I really, um, you know, have no regrets or anything on on this season. Um, but, yeah, th- then once I, I took the Gophers job, it's obviously a, a huge honor and, and everything, but. It, it comes with with a lot of work and a lot of um, different kind of work that I'm you know haven't been used to doing. Um, so it's different while you're trying to play and you're 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 you know more more or less juggling two different things. So um, yeah, it's been challenging at times, but um, you know we've I've I've made it through and it's we're into um, you know the latter part of the season thanks to a lot of help from from a lot of you know really good people on both sides of. Uh, the Lynx and the Gophers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, fa- it factored in, but I mean, I think that I was, I was kind of good. Um, you know, even if, even if I hadn't have taken the Gophers job, um, you know, I think that I would have been good after the season with, um, with where things um, were with my career and um, I'd be ready for the next chapter. 
Lindsay, was there a moment where you knew, where you decided at, at some point this season? Because it seemed like when you gave your press conferences after taking the Gophers job that it was still up in the air. But was there a time where you sat there and said, oh, okay, I, I think I've actually got to make this de- uh, decision? Yeah, probably sometime um, first couple weeks of the season when it was just um, like I once I got the job with the Gophers, I had such a burst of energy. It's just like you're running on adrenaline for days. You're so excited because you have this once in a lifetime opportunity to be to be the coach of your alma mater, um, and you, and it's so cool that you still get to play. So it just kind of re, it re it really re-energized me for for the season. And then, I mean, once the season starts, I mean, it's this season is really condensed and. There's so many great players, and um, we've had a target on our back for so many seasons that um, every game, every night is a is a really, you know, teams are coming at us. So, um, so yeah, I think probably during that first first part of the of the season, I was like, yeah, I, like once I kind of realized too all the responsibilities that it takes to be to run a program and be a head coach, that that there was no way that I was going to be able to do both for more than a year, just because. You can't have, you know, you can't really for that long have. It's not fair to either side, you know, when you have two, when you have two jobs essentially that you're kind of one foot is in each bucket. It's just not fair because you're getting, you know, each side is kind of, is getting half of you in a sense because you've got responsibilities to do here and and each side is a huge responsibility. Either being a, you know, point guard on the WNBA team or head coach of the university. Either side is it's a huge responsibility. And so um, I kind of realized probably in that first month or so of the season or around training camp that I was, I was just had decided then. Um, and then it was just kind of um, see how the season goes, see how it plays out and then, and then figure out, um, you know, I guess the best time to announce it. And I don't know, we landed on today. So that's, hmm. that's the way it went. All, all that said though, how tough is this to, I mean, I mean, it's one thing I'm sure to think about this. It's one thing to think I'm going to do it. It's got to be another to actually do this and know that that these last games are going to be it for your playing career professionally. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I'm, you know, it's it's time to like a little bit too is like enjoy the moments and enjoy the times because, um, yeah, you won't have these moments back with your teammates and everything, um, and that's been the best part of playing is going into, you know, a road game with your teammates and just laying it all out there and you've prepared, you've studied, you've game planned, and you put it all out there and you've won. I mean, there's nothing better than that feeling in the locker room after a game with your teammates, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, as coaches, um, I'm sure, our, you know, coach or even the coaches will say they enjoy that part as well. It's just probably different as a coach and, and I'll get to experience that as well. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm okay with, with my decision. I feel, I feel good about it, so I think it'll probably hit me a little more probably next summer, yeah, or maybe after the season when, when it's all said and done. Um, so maybe if you ask me then, you know, it might be different. But um, I'm pretty okay with it right now. It's it's obviously it's just you know, the first day that that everyone kind of knows and it's official. Um, but yeah, I think maybe next next year might be a little more. Um, yeah, it might be just because I've this is all I've done for every summer for 15 straight years is playing the WNBA, and so. Maybe when next summer comes around, um, they'll be, you know, it'll be a little, a little sad and whatnot, just because of those moments and those times with your teammates. Lindsay, I know that you are a Minnesotan, so you are naturally humble by nature. Um, but when you look at not just you are the winningest WNBA player, 
You took the Gophers to the Final Four. You know your accomplishments. So does everybody. Uh, the gold medals that you bring up to your husband all the time. Um, but, when, but you know, I, I can tell you. I, <laughs> Listen to that laugh. I but, love it. But, Lindsay, I moved here two years ago to cover the Vikings, and I had not lived in a place that viewed women's sports the way that they do here in the Twin Cities. And I think that that's because of you. So how do you look at your what you leave behind here and your legacy? Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I hope it's just been a really going back to the days at the U, I hope really hope, uh, you know, a really fun time for everybody. And I hope, you know, obviously, I hope these times continue for for the Lynx and the Gophers. And I think that we've done something here with women's basketball that a lot of people probably would not have thought possible. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's just been it's been a great ride. And I hope people have really enjoyed um, you know, the moments and the times and the final fours and the championships and all those things. And, um, so yeah, I'm just, you know, so thankful to, um, have been a part of it and to have really just, um, been here for all of it and been here with my teammates and my coaches. And, and so it's really, um, you know, just something that's, that you look back on and it's been a lot of fun and, um, a great career, and I hope people have enjoyed it. And like I said, we've done something with women's basketball and women's sports that I, I don't think many people thought, um, you know, maybe would be possible. And so that's something looking back that's, um, you know, pretty remarkable and, and very memorable for sure. Did you think about when you were coming out of college and, and going to the WNBA, did you did you think about the way that you carry yourself and represent yourself? I was talking about this. I just I tweeted this. My first thought when I read that you were retiring was – that a whole bunch of people grew up thinking that women athletes should be competitive badasses. And I, I just think that that is the coolest thing that you could have done is not just play at a high level, but also carry yourself where I watch you fight with Odyssey Sims out there on the floor. And I listen and I sit in the crowd and I hear everyone cheering for you and seeing that. Yeah, I know she did. It was her fault. I agree with you. But, 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 but I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if that was a conscious decision for you to, to, to be that way, or if that was just you being you. I'm just competitive, I guess. I mean, honestly, um, I don't know. It's from back when I was in like second grade and playing soccer I just I don't know I just on the on the playground at school like I just wanted to win you know I just wanted to compete and win. I love sports I was I mean number one Vikings fan like everybody growing up and I wanted to be on the Vikings growing up and and all that so I don't know it's just like I just love to compete um my whole life I just love to play sports it's what I wanted to do um you know my mom tried to get me into dance and she tried to get me in nothing against any of those sports but I just love the competition of like winning and losing and um you know uh yeah i don't know i just always loved doing the, doing sport, playing sports and um I, so I guess i just grew up that way and i just had that you know that competitive um you know desire and itch and wanted to play and compete all the time that's just that's pretty much all i wanted to do was go to open gym and play and just get you know as a, as i got later into my basketball career just my, one of my favorite parts is playing open gym and just getting five five people and competing and trying to win and trying to stay on the court for the whole afternoon. I mean, that's like the best part. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I just always love to play and love to compete. And um, it turned into it turned into this, which is pretty crazy. So, um, definitely been 
It's been a fun ride, that's for sure. Let's expand that, though, because I, I've covered a lot of, of players in sports who, who love to compete. Why do you hate to lose so much? Because that's where, that that's your advantage. I think a lot of people like to compete. I don't know if – I think people say that they hate to lose, and it bothers them a little bit. It strikes me with people like you that it doesn't bother you. It eats at you constantly if you don't win. Well, it might have been for my first year with uh, Coach Woodjohn for the amount of uh, down backs we had to run, honestly, <laughs> after we would lose. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was terrified of losing. I didn't want to have to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I don't know. Probably, you know, growing up in Hutchinson, Minnesota, like you just uh, like you know, I wasn't a, a kid from the metro, so you kind of have a chip on your shoulder, and you want to show everybody that you're better than <laughs> that you're that you belong and that you can compete and, and be there. So, I think that growing up that way um, with a little edge is is probably okay and probably good, and I just let it fuel. I've kind of let that fuel my a lot of my fire my whole um, my whole career is just having that um, you know having kind of just have I guess having that little chip on your shoulder is just always wanting to prove and compete and and represent your hometown and and then in a larger you know sense my home state as well so sure. I've always wanted to uh, to do that and I always wanted to, you know just show that that we were good enough that I am good enough and so I just always tried to prove that what, what's it in- it meant to you, too, personally, that, that so much of your success, both uh, in college and professionally, then came in this state? Because, you know, you you went from the Gophers out to the Sun and and certainly had some success there. But, mm-hmm. but as you look back on, on this whole thing, what does it mean to you that so much of that success came in your home state? I mean, it's I'm so I'm just so lucky. You know, I'm so fortunate that um, that we have a WNBA team here and we and we were able to um that I was able to get traded back here I mean it's just like you can't write it really any better and so I just feel like so lucky and so fortunate that that I've been able to um you know one first you know come to the University of Minnesota and um you know get a scholarship here um and then to get traded back I mean it's just like you you really couldn't have wrote it any better so like I said I've always tried to compete and and play and represent for either you know whether it was Hutchinson or the state I've just tried to always put us in the best light and and just yeah more or less show that we can do it and we can we can compete and we can and we can win championships and we can do that and um you know with a great group of people it's pretty you know cool what you can do and so I'm very very lucky and very fortunate that that I was able to do that all this you know here so Lindsay what are the next few weeks going to be like for you well, we have a game tomorrow, so I mean, you know, we just wanted to, you know, kind of announce this, and you know, if um, you know more or less, you know, fans want to come out, we have a home game tomorrow, and then a home game on Sunday. Um, it just worked out crazy that our road game is in Connecticut, where I played, and then the last game is against Washington, and that and Coach Tebow coaches there now, and he's the one who drafted me to the Connecticut Sun. So, um, so yeah, just you know, for for those, we, we still. Um, right now we're in, I think, seventh. So um, the playoff picture, a lot will unfold this week. But, um, you know, we have these three games, two at home, one on the road. And then, you know, our group has, I mean, we're here. We've made it this far. We have a run in us. And so we, um, you know, we feel like if you put us in a series with any with teams and with our experience that we can, um, that we can still get it done. So 
um, you know, after this, you know, hopefully, um, you know, the fans want to come out and support us, support our team. And then, and then we, we get to playoff mode and, um, you know, we've been to six finals in seven years. And so, um, we'll just see, see how, um, how that plays out. So that's going to be, um, after today and everything, our main focus is getting things, you know, prepared for, for the playoffs and, and really get prepared for tomorrow night's game against Chicago. Great stuff. Thank you, and, and c- congrats on a fantastic career. Thank you guys so much. All right, take care. We'll talk to you later. Lindsay Whalen uh, announcing her retirement via the Star Tribune at 9 o'clock this morning, joining us just there, and also a press conference downtown today at 1.30 to make this official. What a career. What a career, and and you can say with complete confidence, one of the best basketball players to come from this state. Oh, yeah. One of, if not the best. Now, that's probably debatable, but she is, she is, and and I'll always go back to this, which you brought up a thousand times, Collar. It's the titles to me. Yeah. Everywhere she goes, she wins. She yep. took the Minnesota Gophers women's basketball program, and I don't care if it's men's, women's, wh- whatever it is, she took them to a Final Four. Like, that is, that is off the charts. You could have knocked me over with a feather if you had told me, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? The Minnesota Gophers, her first coach, that team was a disaster. The Little John years were a disaster. That team was incompetent. It was not good. It was it was awful. And she joined them, and they not only just got good, they went to a Final Four and and captured the interest of every sports fan at that time in the state, and that is incredible. And I think because she's her and she sort of has the mentality that she has so focused on what she's doing that what I'm bringing up to her even, the impact on how women athletes are viewed here, I can tell you how different it is from where I lived before. Yeah. It is night and day, and that is an immense positive impact that she has had on this region and on how people in general view women's sports. And that, that that's huge, and she doesn't realize that yet, but I think maybe at some point when she's retired uh, and coaching the Gophers that the number of great players who come to her from Minnesota and say, you meant a lot to me. I competed like a badass because I watched you do it. Yep, and I hated to lose. And I hated to lose because yep. you hated to lose because I watched you get in fights with other players every night. <laughs> I, I don't think she's going to fully get that until until she she hears that time and time again from young players that she's recruiting. Mackie and Judd today is Zolgad and Collar. And I just got done talking to Lindsay Whalen, the Lynx guard who announced this morning, if you've not heard, that she is going to retire after the season. And I will go back to this again. A lot of athletes are competitive, Matthew, and a lot of them really like to win. I don't know, and I'm not saying this is blanket true, but I I don't know how many have an actual problem with losing games. Like, I think they lose and they're mad about it, and then they move on. My contention of what makes people like Lindsey Whalen so great is that they despise losing and that until they get to play their next game, it doesn't go away. And to add on to that, Lindsey Whalen has always allowed us to know that. That there are many athletes who we just don't get to know. That are star players, whether it's in other cities or your own city, and you see them and the reporters who cover them have some sort of vague image of who they are, but they only see them for a few minutes every other day or whenever they talk. I mean... 
just, you know, Vikings players, for example. How much do I know Harrison Smith? Like, zero? Yep. I mean, I'm around Harrison Smith, right. but I don't know him at all and would never claim to. And Harrison doesn't let you in. You don't know what's going through this brilliant mind of the league's best safety because he won't tell you. And he doesn't really show it with the way he plays because it's football. And even with, uh, you know, basketball players, Garnett was kind of like this, where Garnett would let you in with the way he played because it was hard on his sleeve. And I think the fact that she played with that type of attitude, but also carried herself like someone from Hutchinson, Minnesota. She did not ever carry herself like a superstar basketball player. And then when you pull up her wiki, you go, oh, my God. I know. Like, I know. This is just, like she, everywhere she's you go, the biggest star. Everywhere just, you go, you win. It's not like that. Yeah. Everywhere. So it's not it, – at some point in time, it's not just, well, you, you on great teams – at some point, you sit there and you say, okay, you went to college and you won there. At a program, which, by the way, was completely down in the dumps before you. Now, they got some good players. I'm not saying they didn't. So her teammates were very competent. But then you go from the college experience to the pro experience to, like you said, the international experience. And everywhere she goes, she wins. And she's the point guard. There's not – I'm trying to think off the top of my head how many people I I, I would associate uh, with, with despising, losing – like I do with her. Mark Messier, for sure. Like, he was a guy who just went and won. And he was he was a star player. Not Gretzky. Um, but he but he was a star player. She's a star player. But that list is not incredibly huge. Like, I can't give you ten names of, I know this yep. guy couldn't, I know this guy despised, or, or gal, despised losing games, and therefore I can tell you this. I can probably give you a handful of people I'm absolutely sure, basically, if they lost a game, that didn't go away until their next their next chance to win a game. So I, I wrote a piece last year about Case Keenum. And in the piece, I, I was referencing back to a book that I was reading about quarterbacks and what it takes to be the greatest quarterback you can be. And Trent Dilfer had a way of describing what you're saying about hating to lose and sort of the makeup and character. And he called them dude qualities. Now, of course... <laughs> In Minnesota, we can't call them dude qualities. Yep. So I wrote in the piece, call them Whalen qualities. Yeah. Because when you go down the checklist of everything that you would want, if this was a, a, the NBA combine, the WNBA draft lead up, you're scouting a player in baseball, in the minor leagues, whatever it might be, and you were trying to check off the boxes of someone who could achieve more than their talent and who could win and only wanted to win. I mean, you would check off every single box that she has and then continues to kind of go about her business in that sort of aw shucks kind of way, which very much fits it, why she's so shucks, but it comes with that look. It, oh, of course. I love yes, the look. Yes, of course. That look says, I am, go I am, going, to, I am going to defeat you. I love <laughs> yes. that look. And and you, you bring up a really good point, which is for so long, the thing about – Waylon, that's special to me, is how many times have we been down the path of women's sports, treating them equally, and we should do this and do that? She shows up for a game. She doesn't She doesn't care about how you're going to treat her. She's just going to beat you, and I think that's the best example possible mm -hmm. because yeah. it's not this, it's not this woe is me and my gender and my sport. It's this, no, my sport is real, and I'm going to beat your butt, and guess what? <laughs> I don't care if you're a boy, girl, man, woman, child. I'm going to beat you. If you give me a basketball and say we're playing against each other, I am going to defeat you.
And just for and that's from, a great example to have. From my own standpoint of just showing up here, and then I bought season tickets this year so I could watch. I knew it was going to be your final year. I think we all did. Yeah, I mean, this was just going to be way too hard. Yep. And so it was part of the reason why I wanted to get season tickets is to see Lindsay Whalen's last year. And the season hasn't been at, like it has been for the Lynx, but to see her continue to battle, even though at this point the league has gotten quicker, the league has gotten tougher right. and more talented. Right. But still, she dropped 22 in a game. Mm-hmm. And she single-handedly took over a game against the Sparks. And that first end. Sparks game, she also got mad. Yep. And, like, it was uh, great. Yep. Extremely competitive. She knew exactly what I was talking about when I mentioned her and Odyssey <laughs> Sims getting into it the other night. So, exactly. Um, so even though it hasn't gone beautifully for this this final year, and it almost never does for anybody, yep. being able to kind of go out this way and then move right on to the next thing I think is very good for her to still stay in the public eye as the face of women's basketball in Minnesota. And the final thing to me on this too is, is the fact – the fact that the game has gotten uh, so quick and competitive and young is a great thing. Like, if she could have played yes. till 42, that wouldn't be good. Like, she's been part of a league that when she joined was probably pretty good, right? But now that league is really oh, good. Yeah, it's and, good. And it's yeah. so good that as you age, it gets to be too much. So if you had said, man, I wish she could have stuck around till 40. Well, yeah, that, that would have been a nice storyline. But ultimately, it wouldn't be the best thing because the best thing is this league has become so damn good that players who do age eventually have to retire. So a a great example about the effect that I'm talking about and that I asked her about a little bit ago is the uh, Pioneer Press had a piece about uh, girls' participation in sports. Minnesota, number one in girls' participation in sports. And there's no way that you could ignore the connection of Lindsey Whalen to that. Mm-hmm. Murph, what's coming up in uh, Stuff We Should Know About? Well, uh, boys, the SEC has nothing on the Big Ten when it comes to putting coaches on administrative leave. What Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. And actually, it's Judd and Collar and Jimmy Murphy. All right, give us some stuff that we should know about. We're going with Jimmy, huh? All right, sounds good. I like Jimmy. <laughs> sounds good. In arguably, sounds like the, a bookie. in arguably the biggest news of the weekend nationally, the Big Ten Conference sees a second coach put on administrative leave as Maryland continues to investigate the death of an offensive lineman. Uh, And then after that, a report, I believe uh, the day before that, a uh, report from ESPN surfaced alleging that DJ Durkin and strength and conditioning coach Rick Court headed a program that had a toxic culture, according to two current players and other unnamed sources. I read that story. Rick Court, if if this is all true, boys, sounds like uh, the devil. I mean, this guy sounds like he he sounds like he was the guy in charge of of alienating players, mocking them. And don't forget to a kid died here. Okay, so this is not an investigation about, oh, man, he's mean to play a kid. A kid died in May or June. This is disgusting. It's really, really sad. 
So I, I was listening to a conversation on ESPN radio about this, and they were kind of running down all the different things that were going on. I mean, they were trying to get players to uh, make certain weights, like offensive linemen, and they were forcing them to eat until they vomited and yeah. stuff like that. Um, the concern that I have about this is it's not uncommon. I know. That, that's my worry is yeah. that these these football coaches, first of all, are under so much pressure to win and succeed or they get fired mm-hmm. that I think some of them kind of go crazy under the pressure. But it's also that there's a group of coaches in the world, this, call them the Steve Kerr group, who kind of look at everything through the lens of like, what's the smartest way to approach everything? So it's not just the analytics, but it's also the health. And remember that he annoyed some fans for sitting out Steph Curry, but he said, look, you know, we've got this data that says that he's overworked and and so forth. And he seems to handle their personalities really well and all that. So it's this kind of intelligent approach. But then there are still this big number of people who are out there coaching kids in college. Yep who have the old school mentality, but they've turned it up to 11 that they've gone even beyond the old school mentality to being complete psychopaths. And that's really scary. And judge just a quick tie in only because I was, I was seven years old when this happened, but what was the feeling when, when Corey Stringer passed away, that was heat exhaustion. That's a little, I mean, there was nothing reported like what, what Maryland was doing, but just, just the comparison because they, they did pass away in a similar fashion. Well, I, I think the frustration about now versus then was there was a lot of Neanderthal football training camp tactics at that time. But when Corey died, the, the only good thing was it changed things, right? I mean, the league and football people said, okay, this was really bad. We, we've got to hydrate our players constantly. I mean, the Vikings now have an intricate measurement of how hot guys are getting. They, they, they have them swallow pills that actually give them an internal thermometer. So all of these changes after Corey passed away were made, and yet these idiots at Maryland, I mean, it's that was really sad and and hard to comprehend but it caused a lot of good change so how so many years after the fat collar do we get back to that that's that is the question to me i I don't know and everywhere this exists it has to be outed is the the way i look at it yep and it might be similar to kind of what we see with the me too movement where it starts and then everyone starts to say oh man this has been going on here 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 and here Well, there might have to be that sort of thing in college athletics because we've seen a number of these things. There was a basketball coach a few years ago who was on video throwing basketballs at at players and stuff like that. There is a very fine line between being tough and then going over the top. And you would have thought... And killing a player, basically. I mean, that's the unfathomable thing. So you might have looked at... You know, Bobby Knight as the prime example of you can go too far with that, even if you are a great coach, and yet still these people are, are out there doing that. It's hard to comprehend. A little bit lighter of a note, uh, Brooks Kepka he joined some elite company on Saturday. Looking where I was, uh, sitting in my couch, uh, watching the Masters, and uh, to think I would, I would do this, um, I would have laughed at you and told you there was no way, no chance. 
and, and to do it is really incredible. And to do what I've done is, is, is very impressive. I can't even believe it. So some history on Sunday. Uh, Brooks, along with uh, Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, Tom Watson, and Jack Nicholas are the only Americans to win three majors before the age of 28, mm-hmm. uh, and that's post-World War II. And then the other one, Kepka joins Woods, Nicholas, Ben Hogan, and Gene Sarazen as the only golfers to win the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open in the same year. And guess what? People sort of care, but it's Tiger. <laughs> it's Tiger. Tiger again. It. You know what? When you look at, at the astronomical ratings that this did again, I stand by what I've said. Tiger Woods is Babe Ruth. He's Babe Ruth still alive. It is incredible. So I'd like to share with you the uh, statistic about that viewership. Yes. Because it's uh, a very nice jump. 69% Judd. 69 exactly percent from awful announcing that it jumped up. So a very nice percentage of jump. You, you kids and your numbers these days. It's unbelievable. I, I, I saw you and Cronin off the air. I don't know. This was around when I was a kid and we didn't use it this much. But, no, that is very impressive. But uh, congratulations to Kepka. It's a great story. But if Tiger Woods maintains being back, ratings are going to continue to go up, and they might go up more, Matthew Collar, than 69%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I'd prefer to stay right at that number yeah, and then go from there. We're going to what I wonder about Tiger Woods yeah. is, is this kind of it? And we see a flash and then we go, oh, oh he's back. And then it just goes you right back off the table. You should have seen how he started Thursday, though. He started Thursday. It was a debacle. It was a disaster. And if yeah. he could hit driver, he would have won this thing probably going away. That's the incredible thing. It's fun. And I'm it enjoying is. the ride of Tiger actually yep. being back. I just... I'm a little skeptical at how long it lasts. So it's like, can we get him that one more You're major? Such a just, just you know, Watch what? Be positive like you, I am. You all know the time. why we need Tiger to win a major? Not just because it will bring people back to golf, but because then now that will justify all the sports talk radio conversations and all the TV conversations and all the debates over the last ten years of people yelling at each other over whether Tiger would win a major. It will be finally resolved. <laughs> Well, Judd, uh, turns out Irvin Santana is a disciple of Doge. Following no. his loss on Friday to the Tigers, uh-huh. in which he gave up five five runs, by the way, mm-hmm. Ir- Irv had this to say. It's tough, especially when we're only 10 games out and we have two months left. Everybody's like, they gave up. We're not giving up, but they did. They took our pieces away, and it's difficult to play without our good pieces. Collar and I fought about this on Saturday, but uh, – yeah. You know what? Find find a baby crying, and we can play that, and you can read that quote again. <laughs> find a little baby crying. You didn't pitch all season. You were hurt. I get that. We're, but I love I love the line, we're only 10 games back. We're only 10 only games back at Cleveland. 10 only back. 10 games back at Cleveland. Okay, so you're 10 games back at Cleveland. You have no chance at the wild card. So how do you suppose you're going to make up that ground? And by the way, you just now lost two of three to the Tigers, who are a uh, pretty much a dumpster fire themselves. So I don't have any problem with Irvin Santana saying this because I don't know what else he's supposed to say. He wants to come across like he is a competitor who wants to win. And I think that that's just the standard sort of line is being like, well, you know, they they let us down, but we're still fighting. I I think that that is kind of the just go-to thing that teams say when their team has been ripped apart 
How about it's been a disappointing season? I was hurt. That's disappointing. And and we'll do the, the best we can. But a lot of the blame does belong in this room. How about that? But I, I think that you still have to play for two months. So they're trying to kind of motivate themselves in a way to play for something. I'm back. not saying it's right. We're only 10 back. Of course, it's preposterous to bring up being only back 10 games to a great Cleveland I wonder team. if, as he said, that he, he realized how absolutely asinine it sounded. Yeah, I'm sure. We're only 40 games. We're only 47 and a half back here in Baltimore. Why don't they give us a chance? I'm sure he knows. Why'd they trade all our pieces? <gasps> all right, you got one more? I I do. Right, uh, Barry, do Barry Bonds, he had his jersey retired in San Francisco over the weekend. Willie Mays, he was in attendance, and he had this to say. Hall of Fame is a, it's a, a type of turn to that. When you get there, you'll see, man, how did I get here? And I want him to have that honor be something happened to him. So on behalf of all the people in San Francisco and all over the country, vote this guy in. He is very, very important to me. Thank you very much. Eh? Do, do you care what Willie Mays says? Says Godson. Right. Uh, no, no, I don't. But I do believe Barry Bonds belongs. I do too because I think that there are already guys who use steroids in the Hall of Fame. He was just the best at it, so you're punishing him for being the best at it. That's weird. But I want to bring up one of the best tweets. I've ever seen as a video game player. I think this was one of the funniest tweets ever. I saw but, this. But was, only if you played MVP 05. Which I did not. Okay. Which you did not. So let me explain. Yep. In MVP 05, Barry Bonds was not a part of that because remember, he left the Players Association. So you, it was not a part of the video. No, game. I did not recall so, that. Okay. So they replaced Barry Bonds' name with John Dowd. And John Dowd's. All of his numbers, all of his attributes are like all the way up. He's the best video game player ever. It's outrageous. Okay, so it's just this rando named John Dowd. So Trevor Williams, who is a right-handed pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, says yep. it was on an honor to pitch on the day that Barry Bonds got his number retired. Maybe next year I could pitch on the night that John Dowd gets his number retired, which I was in college when MVP oh, 05 see, I didn't, was I out. Have gotten that. We played thousands of hours of MVP 05, and it, that's just a perfect reference if you're a video game player. I would have completely missed that one. Completely. That's that's really pretty good. Yeah, it really. Is. And he even tweeted later, like that's a that's a niche joke. I mean, you had to have played this game from 13 years ago to know what I'm talking about. Yep. But John Dowd in the video game player world is as famous as like Bo Jackson running all over everyone in Tech Mobile. Let's take a break. Come back after this. Uh, much more of Mackie and Judd to come. Matthew Collar and fulfilled today. Mackie and Judd today is uh, Zolgad and Matthew Collar. So the John Dowd thing is awesome. So if people are, are saying, John Dowd, John Dowd, that rings a bell. Yes. He it, was get, a, it gets more clever yes. when you know the backstory, too. He was the special counsel, uh, counsel to the commissioner of baseball that led to the banning of Pete Rose from the Reds uh, back in 1989. So it's genius that they got a guy yes. who was the counsel who got a guy suspended for a lifetime and made him into the Bonds character. Yes, it's it's a really clever jab at Bonds and a really clever reference. I have a question for you. Yes. Did Dowd have to be compensated for his name being used in any way, do you think? I don't think so. I would guess no. How is how is the special counsel named? Or spelled? Is it J-O-H-N or J-O-N? J-O-H-N. 
Okay, so they made a J-O-N on the game, oh, okay. and, that, and that might be the they way. They altered it. That might be the way. And they made it a right-handed white guy. So it like <laughs> it doesn't look anything like Barry Bonds, but you know <laughs> that it's Barry Bonds. Like, so, that's how they replaced this character in the video game. So when you bought the game, did did they identify? I mean, how how quickly did you pick up on the fact that 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 this guy who you had no idea who, who he was at the time was actually Bonds? Okay, so immediately because anyone who has played games for a long time knows how this effect works. Like Ken Griffey Jr. had a version of his baseball game, or maybe a couple of versions, where he didn't have the approval to use player names, so he used fake names or like nicknames for guys. So I believe that Randy Johnson was like Rod Lightning or something. And so he had all these like there was like uh Tim Wakefield was like Scroogey McDuck and it was <laughs> it was hilarious. The only person who's really in that game is Barry Bonds, but if there's anyone who played that one yep. and you mentioned it to other gamers like, "Oh yeah, well I'm going to pitch with Rod Lightning tonight." They would know exactly who you were talking about. Whatever his name was, I forget. But uh, so then you could figure out because it was a left-handed guy who was six foot ten and threw hundred miles an hour. You're like, I think I know who that is. Now college, the college football game, which now does not exist. The problem is they flew too close to the sun with this because they made Johnny Manziel and they made all the college players, Denard Robinson, and they and were whatever, right? Named appropriately they, well, with their names. No, they were just the numbers. accurately, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I think they were just the numbers at first. Is that right? And oh, then yeah. it changed to fake names, but they would allow you to edit the names so you could oh. easily go in and look up the roster. And I, I did this with the University of Buffalo football team once. I went in there and I <laughs> took all the names and I put them in there and then I created a spread offense and went and won the national championship with the University of Buffalo. Yeah. But everyone had, everyone was doing this. So the thing is that Ed O'Bannon said yep. to the NCAA, <clears throat> let's see, two guys, it was Ed and his brother, remember his twin brother? Mm -hmm. Two guys who are the same height, who have the same fake name or whatever, and our numbers and our attributes, that's me, guys. I need to get paid for that. And that's what killed the NCAA games. Why did they fly they wouldn't pay so close it. to the sun on that one? Then it seems like it would have been easy to keep it far enough away I know. and continue to make the game. Because people wanted to play with Johnny Manziel. It's really that simple that they knew that people wanted to play with Vince Young. But it sounds like you didn't care back in your day. No, no, that was part of what was awesome is that you knew it was Vince Young. Like you, you could go right. and, and find, you could go through the draft and look at like, oh, this guy played for them. So now I'm going to go back and play with him. And the cool thing was that you could then transfer your college draft over to the Madden game. Mm -hmm. So the games were connected. So you could play with Johnny Manziel in college and then put him into the system to get him drafted into your Madden game <laughs> and keep playing. And the level of awesome so on that is like, simple games that, it's incredible the level of awesome. Yeah. But if you, if you took away the, the Johnny Manziel element of it, then people would be like, okay, yeah, I'm just playing with a team that says Oklahoma State or whatever, or uh, where did he go? Uh, Texas A&M or no? What was it? Um, yeah, yeah, A&M. Oh yeah, A&M. Yeah. Okay, so like, so okay, you know, Texas A&M. But then it's just a random team. It's just a randomly generated team. You don't care about it. But what you really wanted was to play with Johnny Manziel in college because it was awesome. Do you realize in my day we we just had stick figures basically running around <laughs> without any names, and we were very happy about it. Like, we just had the, the thing on the television, and the guy would run around, and we didn't have names. And we got by just fine. 
I don't understand though why the why the NCAA game couldn't have kept itself far enough away from from being identical to, to those players because it because it's gone now. You said right? It, yes, it it's is. completely gone. So there, there's no substitute for it. So I think that they never saw it coming. I don't think that they realized that's what was going to happen, that someone would eventually sue them and try to get paid for using the names. But really, the games were so popular yeah. that they should have just paid the guys. I mean, whoever's, not in, can't, right? but whoever's not in college oh, anymore. Oh, when the like, O'Bannon's got done. Right, okay, once yeah. you get out of college. And I think that everybody got some money. Like, everybody got of some sort of did. settlement. So if you, like, played... I this holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.